All right, and we're back for another episode of the Shuttlecock Podcast. My name is Aaron Rhodes, and uh, the podcast is sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven. That's the record store at 76 and Troost in Kansas City. And this week, we're here with Lawrence, Kansas native Jason Barr. How's How you it, doing? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, no, but I, I say Lawrence, Kansas native, yeah. but you grew up in Olathe, you're, well, well I, I ended yeah. up there. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I, I was born in Kansas City. So, yeah. born in Kansas City, moved to California, lived in California for a long time, then like moved to like Colorado, Chicago, India. I mean, I moved oh, every, okay. everywhere. I'm, I'm just way out of the and, loop. And then, but then I ended up in Olathe. So, I went, to, I went to high school like sophomore through senior. So, only three years. Okay. And then I'll never go but, back. But, you know, those, those are some, some important yeah. years. Oh, yeah. No, formative big, years. huge, huge. Almost all my friends, uh, contacts, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, for real, like the people who I still interact with in business and art and are pretty much from there. I mean, the people, the people I've known the longest now. So Olathe. Yeah. And so during those, those high school years, you were going to like, you just kind of ended up at a lot of punk rock and emo shows and stuff. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it helped to like the get up kids were playing a lot, which some people love them. Some people hate them. I love them. They're, they're good friends of mine. Um, excuse me. Oh, God. But, uh, you know, they had G Coffee. Are you aware of G Coffee? Yeah. And it was just like an old, crappy... Can we cuss on this? I don't know. Yes. Oh, we, we cuss on this. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, G Coffee was nuts. I mean, being a young kid, being like 16 or 15 when I moved there, and then uh, that was downtown Olathe, like near the courthouse, like kind of like the older side of town. Mm. And you would see every... I mean, you name it. Like, I don't know. For some reason, I can only think of the U.S. bombs. Which is for what for whatever I mean I don't know I don't know what, how you feel about the U.S. bombs I don't know much about them Yeah, but, but you name it because I don't know yeah which, which well were happening uh, I mean look up the U.S. I mean it was just like this whatever the stereotypical like classic punk venue where it was just a coffee shop and they also had a tiny record store inside I remember that you know run by some long haired weirdo uh, and uh, was it G is that, is that the guy or is that just what it was? I don't know I never I mean again I was so young. I just remember there was a liquor store next door. There was a creek that ran by there, and you could, kids would get, the punks would, like, go outside, and then you would, like, go down into the creek area, and you would, like, get the bums to buy you beer. Yeah, that, that sounds just kind of like the classic, like, recipe for, like, just wild, like, teenage yeah. bullshit as, like, yeah. a... Well, you could also go on top of the roof, mm. and somehow, I mean, you weren't supposed to, but you go up there and spray paint, and we're obviously being young, like, skater, whatever, like, artist kids... Uh, you would go up there and spray paint and, you know, just raise hell. But I remember, like, being at a show, I hesitate to say who it was, but I remember that the Gadgets were playing, and, the, you know, the Gadgets yeah. became, what, what band are they in now? Uh, Architects. Hmm, that band. Um, they kind of, whatever, for whatever reason, my friends and I had a disdain for the Gadgets because mm. we just thought they were whack. I mean, what is that, like, seventh wave ska or something? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I remember like picking up a spray bottle and then running up my bar- my buddy's brother ran up and then sprayed the crowd and everyone was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he left and came and peed in the bottle. 
and then came back. And then, uh, oh, it was disgusting. Trust, we're, we were little assholes. Oh, like, there's yeah. no, we hated everyone. Uh, that's what we, you got to do when you're growing up. Yeah, when you're like 16, County. 17 years old, you know, even then, 15, 16, I mean, very young. And then we went back, and then they're all, everyone is clamoring, like, yeah, 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 like, give it, yeah, we want to uh, open it up. And then he's just like spraying it on people. And, and, and I'm sure that's now of even a fond memory for those who got sprayed with, with the, the pee bottle, right? So, no, I, I had people contact me later when I told this story on other shows. Yeah. And they're like, I was in that crowd. They were so, they were like really upset, but it's like 10 years later. And they're like, you're, you're still a jerk. But uh, no, I don't know. I mean, it was cool. It was, it was a fun place to go. Mm-hmm. It was all ages. I mean, to have an all ages venue that brought tons of national touring punk bands and stuff through. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool. I mean, to have that there. I don't know what else was to do other than skateboard. And we didn't like, we were straight edge. We didn't drink. We didn't smoke weed or anything like that. Like, I don't know. It's a weird conservative area. Mm. Not that we weren't surrounded by people that partied all the time. I'm glad that I didn't, that I waited though, you know, to like party till I was older. Mm. Cause I'm already a complete spaz and like have no attention span whatsoever. Yeah, I can only imagine if I would have been bad combo. Oh dude, I would be so fried right now. Yeah. Don't do drugs kids. Yeah. And, but, um, so yeah, you're, you're growing up, you're skateboarding, going to punk shows and well, you, you a lot of what you do nowadays is your visual art. You, you paint yeah. and everything. Is is that something that you picked up early on, or did, is that something that came later for you? Yeah, I mean, it, no, I was always making art. My dad was an artist. My mom was an artist. Uh, when we lived in California as a kid, my dad did a like an airbrush T-shirt, a T-shirt saying, like, on the beach. Mm. And he had a kiosk in a mall there that I remember. Um, just all the crazy, I mean, think, it's like the 80s. So, I mean, wild, like, People would probably pay like fifty dollars a shirt now if you had, if you had these these original you know airbrushed mm. whatever lions and, and unicorns yeah real vintage <laughs> yeah weird yeah I I honestly thought about that though I feel like there's, there's there might be some money in that you know people do all like the hot, they, I want to be a hot dog vendor I'll make yeah, tons you, of money you can make it make it right? a streetwear thing now right? yeah or yeah right like uh, my new brand yeah. yeah but no my parents are artists and so I was always making art I was always like the art kid I mean I even remember when I moved from like. I don't know what state it was, whether it was from California to Colorado or Indiana. But when I moved from one place to like Chicago, then I remember the class, you know, got me a gift and it was one of those, but I was in grade school and they, they gave me like a, you know, how to draw a hundred people or something like that. You know, like remember that stuff when you're like, when you buy books in, in grade school and they always have the, how to draw books. Yeah. They're, they're it's just kind of like, they're just like very, they still make them, you know, it's like how to draw 50 dinosaurs or whatever. And they're really simple. Um, but I remember getting that like at a really early age and kind of being like between that, like just being the art kid and then just meeting all my dad's friends and then them being like, don't go into art. Like don't go into art. Yeah. If you want to be poor going, you know, to don't do it. But then it's all these artists who are like working artists. So like, what are you, you're not going to listen to them? You know, mm. do, do you think that like, do you think that was like kind of a, an unconventional like start into like being an actual working artist, like just having like these weird little books and stuff like that, rather than just like like were, were you into like going to art classes and stuff like that when you were a kid? Or no, I love to draw. I mean, I yeah. drew I drew all the time, and you know, I think you have to like you have to. I don't know. Like when Travis Millard was on my podcast, maybe like eight years ago or something, uh, you know, he has a line in there where he says that, you know, you don't make art cause you want to make money. You just make art because you have to make art. You know, like if you don't make art, you're going to go crazy. If you don't draw or whatever your, your thing is, um, because it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a thing that just kind of, you know, it's cliche to say it, but it just kind of just comes out of you. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it just flows. And, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, so I was always doing that. And then obviously later on in life, I'd say it became more real once I went to, went to KU. Mm-hmm. But when I was in high school, I mean, I mean, I'm just like a bad, I'm a bad student. I don't like, I don't like school and never did. I always did well. I was like an A student, you know, it was easy. But at the same time, like I didn't like to be there and I'm so like ADHD that like I'm always getting in trouble. I mean, not like, you know what I mean? Not like a trouble kid trouble, right? I'm not like smoking weed and a lot, whatever. Or, uh, but I mean, I definitely was just a bad student. And, and when I was doing art in high school, we had Powell Wright, who's like this amazing, I mean, I'm not, looking back, I was so lucky to have this guy as my, uh, as my art teacher, but I just couldn't handle it. Like he was like a pro le- I mean, he was like a high, like a, like a college professor teaching high school students at Olay the South. Mm. So the idea that we had this amazing teacher and he was so, he was just, he was a taskmaster. So I just, I draw, I mean, I remember quitting Been like, this is, this sucks, you know? And then I didn't. And then also growing up with one of my best friends, Kenneth Kupfer, uh, known as value shock. Uh, I mean, I always was kind of, almost in that way. It was the first time where I had a friend who was so good at art that like it was, it wasn't like it was intimidating, but I was just like, ah, what's the point? Cause you're young enough that you don't realize that it doesn't like, it's cool. That's great. You should be, you should surround yourself with artists and musicians or whatever it is that people who are better than you yeah. to like inspire, you know what I mean? To, to push you. Mm. Um, but I was, I remember just kind of being like, ah, oh, well, you know, Kenneth's the good artist in our group, you know? Mm. So, uh, I, so for some time, I, I mean, I kind of made, I mean, I did a lot of collage work. I don't know, whatever would have been maybe trendy even looking back, but then when I, once I went to school, I went to college, and then it kind of made sense. Like it, I went to, for printmaking, and I was already doing that in high school too. Like I went to Votech, so I learned to do graphic design, screen printing, and then that's what I was doing from like high school. So printing shirts, prints. Did did you end up going to college like later than like after high school? Or? No, I went right after okay. high school, but I took a break to tour with the Billions, mm. which was a band from Topeka, and kind of like uh, are you playing with them or just writing? yeah? I played saxophone, but. Uh, I only played like maybe on two tracks. It really, it really was just an excuse to go on tour. Mm. And uh, I'd only play on like two songs, but it was awesome to, to travel around the country and meet people. And, and the funny part is like, it's like they didn't, I guess they kind of were a Christian band because I came from that background, mm. um, but it wasn't really like overtly. I mean, they really just sounded like built to spill. Um, but it's kind of funny looking back, like, but they're awesome. I mean, they're the best indie rock band as far as I'm concerned for the type of stuff that I like, you know, mm. uh, from that time period. So just doing that. And then like, I came back and finished school. And was that the same time that you were playing in uh, hook and ladder? Well, hook and ladder, I think was before that mm-hmm. hook and ladder was like early college. So that would have been like 2002, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, so like long. before you took your break, you were, yeah. Cause ladder. I was still in school. I mean, I remember being, I don't know, 2001. Cause I remember playing a hook and ladder show at Hashinger hall before they redid it when it was the, the art dorm. So all the art kids were there mm-hmm. So all of us burnouts got to hang out together and it was, it was still a smoking dorm. It was the last year was a smoking dorm. Like I actually lived on a smoking floor, which is hilarious. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but we played hook and ladder played then. That was with Jasper Teal and Devin Vermeulen and our bassist, Jeremy, and then our drummer, Joe. And it was cool. We put out a a split seven inch with pixel Panda and then we put out like an EP, but we still have it. I mean, it's weird, like little tiny little like white vinyl seven inch, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And those, honestly, I, I feel like black is the new black. Uh, one of our singles I'll have to send you a link I think it's still up online You can, you can look it up It's mm-hmm. like hosted Through the old Lawrence.com It's a decent song I don't know We were pretty good It was kind of horrorcore I guess But not You know what I mean Like for this Like I don't know You'll have to hear it Yeah 
But uh, it was dark. Yeah. What, what were your, uh, some of your like favorite memories of playing with that band? I mean, we, I feel like it was short lived. You know, we only played for like maybe a year. Did that one get to tour or? No, we never toured, but we made music and played a lot. Um, I remember opening a lot though. We played with like Hot Hot Heat. We became pretty good friends with those guys and um, Hot Snakes. I mean, we played with a ton of really cool bands. Mm. And I would, uh, and, you know, I was so young and I played keyboard. And the true story is like I showed up, I, I think Jasper had asked me, or I'd made, I don't know how I found out they were doing a band. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I can play keyboard. I can play, I, I play, what do you play? And I was like, oh, I play key- keyboard, mm. which I don't, I don't play keyboard. And then I borrowed a keyboard from Sam Billen from the Billions. And, and uh, they're like, yeah, our uncle found this in the garbage. And it was a decent thing. And I showed up to practice and I, pr- I practiced with them. And then I remember Jeremy, like, maybe I left to smoke a cigarette or something. And then, and then Jeremy, like, leaned over to Jasper. He's like, I don't think he knows how to play keyboard. And Jasper's like, cool. <laughs> you know, it was like that kind of, yeah, you, know. you know. That's, that's how some of the best rock bands start, you yeah. know, just by, like, having no clue whatsoever what you're doing. And Devin had written most of the stuff. So, I mean, it was really simple. You know, I mean, almost like Duran Duran. You know, you're playing, like, repetitive, you know, three-note you know, you're playing three notes up here, then you're jumping down and doing like a, a back and forth. And I had like a wah effect, you know, like a wah, 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 wah. So I would like incorporate that. And I started like just figuring out other, just things to make it different. Yeah. And I remember when we opened for Cursive that they came down, they came downstairs during this track because we have this part that starts out where it's just like wah, 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 wah. And they're like, it's so ominous and booming. And they all came out and they just like looked up and they're like, what the, what, you know, like, why didn't you, and I'm like, I don't know what, I'm, am I supposed to tell you that you're going to like this band that you're opening for, you know, because they weren't going to come out of the green room at the bottleneck. And then they were just like, oh, that was so cool, like that effect or whatever. But honest to God, like I only remember like two songs. Mm. And I'm pretty sure when we recorded, I even like mixed up the actual, like I literally played the wrong thing <laughs> for the recording and then I had to go back in and redo it. But uh, no, I mean, it was, it was hilarious. I mean, we were just being like 20, 20 years old, you know, 19, you know, it's like anything's possible at that point. Like can do whatever, say whatever. There's relatively no consequences. It's just having fun, you know. Have you have you done any music since then? I mean, other than like playing with the Billions, I actually put out a. Uh, I have like two rap mixtapes that I made. One that P. Morris from Bear Club produced, and uh, I put out. A, I used to do a lot of snippet mixtapes, like ADD, the podcast that I do would would host because like the original podcast had tons and tons of samples in it when I started. Mm-hmm. So then I would do these mixtapes where it was like 20 seconds of every song. And I'd have like 50 songs on one album that I have tons of samples and drops and stuff. And then occasionally I'd go in and freestyle and I was on, what was it? The, uh, new suede Tyler was like album. I'm on two tracks on that one, like Summerland dream chick or something. But yeah, I always just like mess with the bear club guys. I love those guys. Mm. I always thought they had a good energy and I thought that Phil was, I, I saw a lot of myself and Phil when he was younger. He's very ambitious. Uh, like myself, Phil just t- speaks his mind, even if it even if it involves just fully placing your entire foot in your mouth. But, you know, it's like, what, what, what does it matter, you know? Mm. In the end, you know, you can burn bridges that way, but at the same time, a lot of people who like you, they like you, you know? And, and if you say dumb things, as long as it's not like whatever like racist or transphobic or whatever you know put in things that were just like dude what are you doing you know what i mean like i don't want to hear like homophobic language or whatnot but if you're just saying like look this shit sucks or like i don't like this band or i think this whole wave is you know derivative of you know i mean think things that artists care about Mm. (laughs) so generally when you're just like being confident and like just talking about stuff that you love then if someone's butthurt about that that's just because you hurt their feelings Mm. because they're like well no i like 
I like Pearl Jam. So, so you're, you're, you would you call yourself like a, a champion of uh, criticism? Is that, is kind that, of. Yeah. I mean, I, I constantly have gotten pushback from that, though, where people are like, you can't be an artist and a critic. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to meet an artist who isn't also a critic, mm. you know, because if you if you really don't feel like you have if there's any room for you to have an opinion on something or you can't hate something because, oh, all art is good or I have to encourage. All, that's stupid. Like, I also don't think you should be negative all the time because yeah. then that just breeds drama. And like, I don't no one has time for that. And the older you get, you're just like, no, I don't I don't want to. And just kind of drains your energy. I don't need to like fight with people, and that's what was happening. I mean, back in the day when I wrote for Lawrence.com, which is l- straight up ages ago. I mean, it's not even relevant anymore. But I learned that lesson then by writing. Yeah. So I would just go to shows and review shows, and then I would rarely talk about the music. You know, it was like when Modest Mouse opened up for James Brown in the city market here. The name of the blog post was like James Brown is melting because for real it looked like he was because he had so much makeup on. He was sweating so much and just. He just looked like a, I don't know, like a pile of skin that was moving around. It was amazing. At the same time, like, I wish I could have appreciated it a little more that I was getting to see James Brown. But at the same time, at the River Market, Mm -hmm. City Market, River Market. And and it was cool. Like, and I got in for free. But all I remembered is, like, the entire review of the show uh, was just, like, me making fun of people in the audience. You know, I'm kind of jealous that you got to experience that era of, like, online like music and culture though because like i i'm you know i'm just i hopped into like music and culture writing like two years ago barely and like it's kind of like this right now at least like for the most part like a really optimistic and like progressive thing and like while it's important that like um like the politics and everything of like music writing is becoming you know, less terrible and like less obnoxious. Like I do wish I got to kind of witness more the era of just like like pitchfork being just right. like totally slamming stuff yeah. and like 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 local outlets just getting to write like stuff kind of like that. Where like it, it's it's just culturally a really inter- like I, I'm I'm just very entertained by that kind of writing well i mean i I talked to a buddy of mine tom king who lives in in uh, william s burroughs old house like he takes care of his estate in in lawrence and he was so he's a little older Mm. and uh i mean much older than i am and i remember when i was young and he was writing for them he was a food he's a chef so he's a food critic and he we were were talking we were hanging out there the other day in the garden out back by burroughs old car and he was just like man you know honestly when you started writing because he kind of likes to reminisce. He's like in his 60s. And he's like, you know, it, it was so different because it was just like, he's like, it's honestly kind of like your podcast now where it's like half of you bragging and then the other part is you making fun of people and being really mean and then the other part is sort of like, then there's an actual nugget of like truth um, and, and honest criticism mm-hmm. that sort of redeems it. He's like, but then that's basically what the internet became. So he seemed to not necessarily still have the best attitude about it. Um, I'm not. Cer- I'm certainly not proud of everything I wrote. I mean, I remember the one of the editors there told me they thought they were going to get fired because I wrote an article about Kelly Osbourne when she was going to be a pop star. And you know, I, I mean, I think like most guys and gals who, you know, I don't know. It's like the age old thing where you know when you see people who are just privileged. So it's like, oh, I'm going to be a pop star. It's like, fuck you. You know, like I don't. 
I don't give a shit. And you know what? No one gave a shit about Kelly Osborne. Like she was trash mm-hmm. and obviously she's trash, but you know, I went out and then I wrote about it and I, I think my, in hindsight, again, some problematic stuff, you know, I mean, I'm like, I'm like 18. I had no idea what I was talking about. So I took some low blows at her and, uh, they were straight up just like, dude, I thought I was gonna get fired based on the stuff you said in that thing. Mm-hmm. And cause I was just writing to get, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, um, even though I probably would have been accused of like just trying to stir the pot or whatever, um, to be a provocateur or whatever. Um, but I mean, I just, it's like, what's what you think, you know, when you're talking to your friends, right? Yeah. You just write down, like, if you were to ask me what I thought about X, Y, and Z, I'd just be like, tell you the straight, you know, straight dope. Oh yeah. Like, cause that's, that's part of like my mindset when I'm, I'm writing, like when I'm writing about a show or a review or something, like I don't want to have to like, like I don't want to read like a super clean, positive post about something and then have to ask the author like off the record, like, so, but what did you really think about this? Like, I want to, you know, I want to read something right. and I want to know exactly what the person thought without having to like second guess them or oh, like, yeah. kind of read, read too into something. You know? I mean, I don't even read any local for the most part, local music criticism at all. Because I already know that every yokel that went to that show had a great time. I know every idiot that owns three Blink-182 CDs, and that's it was just like his mind was blown. So this idea that like you go to these shows and you know the whole purpose for most of this stuff, I mean, even bands that have bars, I mean, the whole point of that, I mean, at this, looking back, it's like there was that whole thing. I don't know if it was Buddy Head. Or I can't remember. Or no, what was it? Oof, this is really dating me. Like hipster runoff used to be a thing where they would make fun of bands and people in, mm. in, in LA like a long time ago. But they did a whole graph that was like, your band is a meme. Sort of just like trivializing what you're doing. But at the, I had a similar feeling that was like, no, your band is a Bud Light spokesman. Like you're, you're only there to sell beer. Yeah. You know, they don't care. You know, they're not like, oh man, we're all about the music. Even if they say they are, I mean, maybe they are. Because it, it, does, it does take commitment to, like, book shows and keep it going. But, you know, in the end, like, if you don't book bands, then you don't sell beer mm-hmm. or you don't sell whatever you sell. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I don't like it, the idea of just, like, all positive. But at the same time, I'll say this, though. I don't, I, in no way would I get back online now and then just trash a bunch of local bands because it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Even for me, you know, it's like, it's just, there's no reason, you know? I mean, these are people, generally, they're younger people, they're learning, they're... I'm just, I mean, if I really love something, I will, I'll go out of my way now to be like, yeah, I love this. Like, I think this person's really talented or I think you should check this out. But, you know, you, you figure out what you like and you don't like and then kind of just stick to that. But I do still think there's room because honestly, back in the day, it wasn't just Pitchfork. I mean, Buddyhead used to be big. Shout out to my friend Travis and, uh, you know, stuff like that. But they were ruthless. I mean, it was like Travis Keller and his friends went and when the Strokes were on tour, Speaking of like rich kids who decided to become rock and rollers, and they wrote "sucking dicks" on the side of their tour bus with with money signs twice <laughs> on one tour. So I mean, this is the era in which you know I was raised was like this kind of like us versus them. We're yeah, seeing no. this new thing, and it was way more aggressive. Even downtown Lawrence. I mean, mm-hmm. every time we would leave the replay, even in college, it was like, and again, like I don't use this language normally, but he's frat boys. And they're just like every single, I mean, literally every night we'd be there drinking and you get out of the bar it's two, and then all the frat boys, cause we would wear like tight pants and stuff and they would just be yelling homophobic slurs. Let's just say that. Mm. And like just incessantly. So stuff like that, it was just constantly getting in fights and even in like, that's like 2000, mm. 2001. And, and that's like, you mentioned like the strokes and stuff and like, yeah, you're like coming of age and like the era of just like 
when when indie rock is exploding and yeah. like how kind of weird and uh, like annoying some of those those tropes can be. So well, yeah. it came because everyone, everyone everyone forgets there was one summer where everything was emo. Like if you had your one friend, there was one friend in every group that everything was like, oh, that's so emo. This is so emo. It's like, oh, that's like pushing his hair across. It's so emo. And then and it was like a thing to be super effeminate. Um, it was like pre, you know, my bloody vow or not my, no, my, like what the, what's that shitty bolt from my Valentine? No, not mine, but my bloody Valentine rules, yeah. but like the crappy, uh, my, some, my chemical romance, like yeah, trash romance. like that where they all like took other things. And then, you know, like these bands are all influenced by the get up kids and stuff, you know? And then it just became like, you know, think of like the MySpace generation, you know, just like the oh, yeah. and hair and it's, Oh, what was, was it Matt or like, there was at least one member of get up kids who I remember actually did like mentioned in some like interviews and stuff that are like yeah this is i guess this is emo but like we don't mess with this stuff oh no because like, they they quoted like like my chemical romance or one of those bands i'm pretty sure it was them yeah they're saying that they were like they're, oh we were all this stuff exists because of the get up kids and yeah. they were and the get up kids were like no thanks yeah sorry folks are, are they all cool now do you know do you do you know if they're what you know, friends like, with yeah, them? I mean, I doubt <laughs> it. Yeah, geez. No, because I, you know that, that, that that's that's kind of an era that's you know over with and like, oh yeah. I you mean, know, I'm sure they're all I cool can't. people by now. So. But at the same time, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure some of those guys. I mean, like a few of the dudes from the Get Up Kids, like they all still like you know, there's there's a handful of them that still live in Lawrence, but most of them just live other places. I mean, Robbie plays a bass player in Spoon now, so mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, but then Ryan, the drummer, you know, owns the Pig, so you'll see him working at the Bourgeois Pig downtown. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, but you know, it's like I don't know. I mean, I doubt. I, I hardly doubt they run into them much. Yeah. But even though they're touring again, mm. but even then, I love that stuff when I was in high school. I don't really listen to it now. Mm. I don't want to hate on it, but it's not. You know, you just grow up and you kind of your taste changes. You know. Yep. So, uh, but yeah. So you, so you're telling me like you know I've been listening to your podcast for like a year or two now, but it you started it like eight years ago you were saying? probably almost nine. nine jasper was saying maybe nine now mm-hmm. i thought i keep saying eight but it's probably nine but uh, yeah i don't know i just started with the same thing starting you know i was writing for lawrence.com and then i felt like that was exhausting and then whenever i would write then i felt like that was when they really wanted people to comment you know like the idea of like newspapers now you know thrive on people fighting in the comment section and just yeah. awfulness and that, that was big you know it's like i'd write an article and we got a hundred comments and people are fighting and yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't on Facebook then. It was on the right. website itself. Right. So. so then people would just be going crazy, and they loved that. But it was so stressful. I mean, it was just awful. I mean, I, I, at the time, I remember being like, I'm never going to write about music again. Because so it was just, kind of like an outlet for you to <clears throat> get away from the, like, the madness yeah, of like, actually writing? You could still, you could st- I could just record the podcast, and then I feel like you could then hear you know, the inflection and tone mm. and stuff, right? So you, you can tell I'm joking or... If I say something, I don't know. You can just tell. It's not. It's not when you're reading something. You're like, I don't know if this person's serious or not. I mean, I would hope they would get that I'm not being completely serious. Yeah. But yeah, so I just started. Oh, screw it. I'll do a podcast, and I can edit it, and I'm into music, so I can put a ton of music in, samples, make it weird, super psychedelic, kind of stoner friendly, and uh, just kind of cool headphone stuff that, like, you know, I, I tell everyone, like, make the art that you want to see. Mm. So if you wish this band, you know, if you wish this band existed, then start that band. Or if you if you wish this type of, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is, music yeah, or, I, or anything. I, I run the blog that I want 
Yeah. Have right. You're know, like, so. I wish this existed. And the same with, and then finally I transitioned away from that site and then was like, I'm going to go on my own and go on iTunes. And, and then we, and then I went more internet, I mean, went na- national and then, uh, it was primarily an arts blog. Mm-hmm. So I just interview every artist that I liked. And yeah. What were some of your like favorite guests that you had on like in the early days? Like you're, you're telling me about uh, who's who's the guy who does uh, Blobby Boys. Uh, oh yeah, Alex Schubert, which is no longer online anymore because there was some problematic stuff that I wanted to get rid of. No, but yeah, it's a, but it was a good guest to have. But it was a good guest. Alex Schubert, big artist, Blobby Boys, and then uh, you know Travis Millard, Jay Howell, who created uh, Sanjay and Craig and Bob's Burgers and all that stuff. Uh, good friend of mine and uh, Johnny Ryan, you know, Vice Gross Out comic. Yeah, so a lot of just really cool like. 2000s like alternative yeah. comics and like illustrations yeah. i mean mostly yeah just and and, 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 I, and you know early on i mean it was like david bazan tw walsh like my personal favorite like whoever i was super obsessed with um then i would just try to contact them and be like hey come on my show and then even then like it, it really worked i mean by default it's like uh when people <clears throat> people kind of just like associate you with that then you know yeah because they're like oh man I mean, now we're way over like 200 plus episodes on iTunes, which means that we've done over at least 300 between the two feeds. Mm. So at that point, you know, we had TJ Miller on, the comedian from Silicon Valley, the show, guy with the big crazy red hair or whatever. Yep. Um, I don't know, tons, I mean, so many people. I mean, at this point, I've like, li- I've straight up almost forgotten who's been on. I don't even remember. Mm. But uh, it was, I mean, it just, it, that was just a way to kind of get my foot in the door. And then if you go back to the local thing, the whole idea of doing something like this or, uh, whether you're writing or making a zine or anything else that's like kind of like DIY culture uh, into the new, you know, in, into this modern age, you know, it's just all about making yourself an asset to your community. And then when you do that, then people will generally, because then you go beyond just being someone who makes art or you'd be someone who just makes a thing or just is there to consume. And, and you know, I don't know, I guess for whatever reason I wanted people to listen to me or I had that urge at a young age to, to do something and I wanted to be taken seriously, but it's, it's hard when you like make gross out like stupid art or you make lowbrow shit. Mm-hmm. So then like, you're like, Oh, why don't people take me seriously? Yeah. I got this like rainbow. No, it, it's like it, farting a dick. And then now people don't take me seriously, but it's like, come on. No, but in, and you mentioned before that, like from the Lawrence articles that, you know, you had been called like a provocateur. Was, was that something that you, you ever like embraced or was, is that, would you not call yourself that at all? I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, it's, it's silly. You can thank Nick Spacek for that. Uh, he wrote about some show that I did in, in the pitch, and then it, and then that was like the the quote. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I, I just you know, I, just like the type of art that I like is just sort of lowbrow and crude. And I mean, I, I don't know. I like all types of stuff. But when I sit down to work, I tend to like make my best stuff is just sort of like. I like to draw from pop culture and psychedelia and like counter, I mean, counterculture, like older counterculture. I really like all those underground comics from like the sixties and seventies. Um, that was a time when people could make art that actually talked about social stuff mm. in a way that was sort of like fearless. I mean, you look back on that stuff now and it's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, and, and yeah. And when you finally hit like the nineties, like there's, there's like a good deal of like political stuff, but there, there comes a point in nineties and two thousand stuff where it just became like really corny. I feel like whenever someone tried to be like very yeah. outwardly political, I don't know. Something shifted, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the zeitgeist. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I mean, if you think about it, it, it might be that we're all a little too, it, it, it might be possible to be like too self-aware or the fact that people are aware that they're being watched at all times. So then they feel dumb 
Like the idea of like being passionate or like truly loving something, it makes you feel stupid, and which is insane. Yeah. Like I don't understand. I don't get that at all. Even though, but I'm completely guilty of it. But we'll say out loud like what? Like someone asked me the other day, you know what the deal was with my obsession with the label Italians do it better, and I love Johnny Jewel who runs that like chromatics and uh, symmetry and all that stuff. And he's now blowing up. I mean, he just he helped with the, the Twin Peaks soundtrack. I think he helped with the the new Blade Runner soundtrack and all that stuff. Just kind of like that Italo disco, like dark disco. Mm. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think this might actually be like one of my favorite things. Like I have to admit, like I purchased like. T- almost their entire catalog. And uh, I don't normally do that. I mean, maybe the last time I did that would be like David Bazan stuff, like Peter the Lion or like uh, the microphones, Phil Overham, you know? But people don't want to love things anymore. Like you can't say you love something because it, it, uh, the, the lifespan changes. So this idea that even like protesting would be not in vogue until things get really bad like they are now. You know, and then now people are like their backs are against the wall, so they're like, "Oh, I need to protest." But even that, like with with the way the government is set up post nine eleven, um, you know, the the odds of it even accomplishing anything are minimal. But I've seen stuff lately. I mean, there's some super racist girl, some dumbass that was like managing a Burger King in Lawrence. He would put like just awful things online, like as if she had, there was going to be no, um, you know, repercussions. And then people did protest, and you know, and they, she got fired. Mm. And, it, and uh, so it does work. But at the same time, you're probably on a watch list. I mean, I guess you always have been. You know, protesting is never popular. It never was. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a weird. It's a weird thing. Mm. Yeah, and you, and like I've noticed, you guys have taken like I don't know. I, I appreciate kind of how like head on some of your your recent episodes have been. Like when it comes to like talking about politics and the Trump administration and everything. So. I think like it's it's been really easy for a lot of people to kind of just push it to the back of their minds. But yeah. like and like like you guys always like you admit to like not being like the most informed on anything. No, completely. But you, you, it, like that you don't use that as an excuse to like not talk about stuff. So. Well, nobody wants to talk about it. It's not fun mm. uh, to even talk about Trump. Is just a it's a fucking drag. Yeah. And like that guy sucks. He's a piece of shit. I. I can't imagine anyone I hate more than him. Now I don't I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it because again, like I used to honestly be like a whatever back in the day, like a political junkie. I mean, I would have been a news junkie uh, just all day long. You know, talk radio. Um, and then at some point, I was like, "What the? Why am I paying are you, attention?" Are you a Stern to this? guy? Were you? Were you, did you, I, you know, honestly, I was. I, I, I love Stern. Yeah. I think Stern's a god. But I, I mean, like grow, coming from where I came from, like a really conservative background, I still kind of have a stick up my ass sometimes. Mm. To where when things get really dirty, I'm like, I don't know, this just isn't that funny to me. But I do think he's an amazing. I mean, honestly, God, he's like the king of radio. I mean, for yeah, real, like, he's he, he's a master. I, I can I can tell like as like a uh, I don't know how to say it, like a a. A big, you're 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 a you're a good talker. You're a big talker. You talk a lot. You're good at talking. Thank you. And I I can see how how Stern is someone at least that you could appreciate. Oh, for I, that, I love for him. That. I think he's amazing. But I'm serious. I've, I've only listened to like a handful of shows. Yeah. I just I just uh, I was never for whatever reason I just felt uh, I don't know why. I mean, again, I think it has to do with this weird like. Even though, I mean, again, just I haven't grown up real Christian. Yeah, right just growing up in this environment where I probably would have gotten in trouble if I listened yeah. to it. Uh, and, and, and I wouldn't even have had access to it, really, mm. um, in a pre-internet era, you know. Um, but, and, and I never really would have probably been around people that were really that into it until later in life. And then people are like, oh, man, I love this. I mean, uh, Vincent Gallo's interview, another one of my favorite artists, uh, provocateur of sorts. Um, 
he has a great Stern interview. I mean, just the, I like the idea that Stern goes in and just asks you like really tough questions. And I tend to not do that, you know, on my show because I just kind of want to talk. We, we, I mean, it's changed. ADD has changed vastly from the beginning. Yeah, from just wait, being what you kind know, of elements would you say have you know switched up? Since well, I mean, in the beginning it was just like here's a one on one convo, and then I spliced it up with samples, and I spent like 15 hours on every episode, and I might do one a week, maybe one every other week, um, and then it went from that to. I mean, I did that forever. That was basically what I did for years and years and years. And then, then once, then I went to like long form, but unedited in a nice studio. And then, because originally I, the reason I had to edit so much is I was bad at interviewing, mm. and I wasn't as good at my job. And then it kind of turned to your 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 family style format, right? And then, well, then we turned into to, into a group show, yeah. Because I, I didn't want to do the show anymore; it took too much time. So you were you were doing it solo at first, and yeah. then you you brought in Drippy and Jasper, yeah. And then uh, and then we had Justin, who brought Justin. us our my buddy Justin Parr, and uh, you know he's like, hey, he kept bugging me, and he'd be like, dude, you know, you got to come to my studio. I'll, I'll make you sound better. And, uh, you know, and then he helped me produce the show for a year, which was like last year. And then, um, and, and we did that with him for a while and that was great. And then, you know, we kind of had to change lanes, but then I wanted, cause all along I always wanted to be the main, I mean, it's my show. I wanted to be the main producer and, uh, I don't know. Now I'm back to being the producer, but I have my own rig and I recording studio at home now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Having the group show though, the whole point is to then not have to edit a lot. And I just tell people, like, just don't say anything. You don't want me to, you know, don't like, and that's why I was clean for a long time too. Like we wouldn't curse, but only because every people, people who come on who aren't funny and people who aren't good at talking tend to think that they get on the air and then it's going to be like, I can say whatever I want. Like I'm on Stern, but it's like, dude, the reason people are vulgar and do the stuff on Stern is because they're actual comedians. And a lot of comedians are just vulgar. And they're funny because they're professionals. But you're not a professional. Like you work at whatever a shoe store in downtown Lawrence, or you work at a bar. I mean, it's just like that's not your job, right? Yeah. You're here to hype your new album or whatever. Um, but then it would just, just. I mean, you know, cringing. Like you hear people say things, and you're like, oh, please, just stop. Don't say that. Uh. Um, so then to force people to yeah, not curse. Then, then like it kind of turns into the thing like you're you're watching people pretend to be drunk to be cool like oh i'm just gonna effing essin whatever and yeah just, yeah you're just like masking their boring conversation with profanity and or just yeah. or they would just you know it would be like just crazy i don't know people do weird stuff when they get on mic because they freak out they're nervous yeah. and then they just say dumb stuff or just like really offensive things or they just shock like shock value yeah. like they want to shock you um and it's like dude you're not you're not gonna shock me um but yeah, the whole point of the group show, bringing in a DJ, uh, was because he does samples, like live samples. So mm-hmm. essentially what ADD now is, we brought in Marissa. So we have Marissa Marshall, Drippy, Jasper, and me. Mm-hmm. But, which is kind of, I mean, it's a lot to wrangle. I mean, it's a lot of people to bring together. Jasper's my co-host. And uh, even in the beginning with Jasper on the show, it's like all we would do is fight. And then he kind of got better at what he did. And then, and then you gave him Jasper's Corner. The, yeah, the then we gave show. him his bonus show, which was just to interview him because he was those, like, "Those, that's just like the boiled down, like stupid, fun, like little." Yeah, it's uncensored too. But yeah, even those, it, those even that fun. though, I, it, that's changed. You know, I mean, it's in the beginning. I, those episodes, you can. I'm serious. If you go back and listen to Jasper's Corner first, the, and it's all on the ADD feed. But like, if you go back to, back into those, it's pretty much me like trying to get him to talk because he has this like mysterious image or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um I love Jasper, he's hilarious. I've known him forever. Uh we're like the we're like brothers that just fight all the time. Mm. Like we're either getting along or we're not, generally not. 
Um, but you know, uh, no, no, and I, I appreciate you like, uh, like just having the, the thought though, to even like give him his own show. Like, um, I, I don't know. I just think it kind of shows like, uh, how someone like, it, it's cool to see someone from like Kansas city, Lawrence area who, uh, it just ha- has, like, a really good grasp on, like, what makes good media and good entertainment. And you're like, oh, I, I know this person who has a great personality. It would be a right. great show. And you, you're, you just kind of have to wrangle them into to doing it sometimes. I mean, so. th- and that's 100% it. I mean, yeah. even the idea of who Jasper is and, like, I mean, I still am the one who edits the show and, yeah. and then records it. And, and even that was like, look, we'll do this. Let's talk about this. And then even if we fight, it'll be entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then even though technically compared to anyone else, like I wouldn't necessarily be the straight guy, but I guess the older I got, the more like stuffy I've gotten. So I have to cop to that. <clears throat> and basically like, I don't know, maybe a little too cool for school, but I feel like it's just age. You know, you just get to a point where you're not, you're just confident and you're Down just like, business. yeah, you know, I'm just here to do work. And, and even that I can tell, I can tell it like drives Jasper crazy. Mm. Cause I'm just, we'll do the show and I'm like, look, we're doing this, we're doing this. And to him, it's like, he doesn't want it to be a job. And I'm like, well, easy for you to say, man. I got to fucking be here. I got to edit all this shit and then put the stuff on the internet. I mean, everything. Like, I'm here setting up. I edit it. Then I have to you know, export it, edit it, uh, export it, which takes a while, right? And then you got to get on a line. So yeah. you got to upload it, write the whole blog. Then once you're done with that, you got to put it on every single social media outlet. Uh, then I, I was running around and selling advertising. So not only was I selling the advertising, I'm collecting the, the all that stuff, right? And then I'm still hosting, booking the show, editing, I mean, doing everything. Hmm. And then Jasper's like, "Oh, I can't believe you want me to like do this episode." I'm like, "I swear to God, I'm gonna fucking choke you. Like, I will, I will literally choke you to death right now." But then it's like, again, we're like brothers. Like, I, I love Jasper. Yeah. Like, I really love him. But it, at the same time, like, we just somehow <laughs> he has he has a, an adverse reaction to authority. And I don't ever want to be his boss. I would, I would, yeah, I would maybe, hate maybe that. Maybe you just need to start using like reverse psychology to do that. You know, like, oh, I'd really hate if you showed up to. Oh no, trust me. I put him in. I put him. I, I, he's like on hiatus right now, kind of on the show because mm. we had a big fight not that long ago. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he'll be back. I mean, I hope. I hope he'll come back. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, Jasper might. He might not come back. I don't know. But that's to me though. That's what makes the show real. Is that it's real? Like we're not making this up. Like this is not a publicity stunt. Yeah. Uh, I told Jasper I didn't want him to come to the show last week, and I killed his Facebook page. We had a friends of. He's like the type of guy that doesn't want to be on Facebook, but then he totally gets off on the fact that we run a Facebook page for him called Friends of Jasper. Mm. and then he was yelling at me and he said that he thought i it was exploiting him with the show and i was like fuck you i'm giving you an opportunity if you don't want to do the show you can kick rocks man i'll go find another weirdo but like not someone so if that you're I, a weirdo living in lawrence <laughs> kansas please uh, do not contact me. contact uh, <laughs> at b a triple r on twitter but for real i mean even that's like i would only i would only put up with jasper you know what i mean because i love him so much it's just like we just and that's the thing you know when you love someone when you you can actually just say the worst things you know but at the same time you're like you, you also got to be careful and i was i, I honestly have been light enjoying the fact that I don't, we don't fight on the show anymore. And I told him that the other day, I was like, dude, I don't want to fight with you anymore. Like it's exhausting. Like I don't, even though it just, I just want it's the show to be listening to also, yeah, man. I mean, it's it just, it gets crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I get crazy feedback from people. People love it. Like yeah. they're just like when there's, when there's tension and like, you know, um, dude, you don't even know the stuff we've cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I straight up lunged across the table at, at him at one point. I mean, and, and to like try to kill him. And Justin had to like break up a fight in the studio. So, I mean, there's palpable tension there, but most of the time he's great. I mean, he just wants to talk about aliens and 
you know, whatever new herbal supplement there is. Or oh yeah, and he has a, he has a great Twitter account also that just yeah. he'll just add Astra Jaspera. On yeah, a Twitter. lot of a lot of weird conspiracy like alternative news mm-hmm. websites. Oh, and it's almost all retweets. Yeah. A lot, lot, a lot of like Bigfoot stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Jasper's, he does everything differently. Yeah, I mean, everything. Like, a, it, a wild man. It's like someone who doesn't understand how the internet works or whatever he does. It's like, if he could, you know, he would get, I, I, think, the, he, I think he's, no, I feel like he's intentionally subverting, uh, social media for the rest of us. That's my theory. No, I mean, I really do. I, I do think he is. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, I don't know. If you don't know Jasper... Like he, he just wants to fill your feed with, like, weird bullshit. So. Right. Now I feel bad that I killed his Facebook page because I was like, nope. I'm like, you want to do... Can you flip it back on or did I mean, you? Maybe, but I just... <laughs> if I do, I got to get. I gotta hand the reins over to someone else. Like, because I just want to be friends with Jasper. I don't want to be his <laughs> manager. You know what I mean? Like, we're not making enough money for that, so... Yeah. No, but... Uh, so, yeah, we were talking about... We, we mentioned Howard Stern earlier, mm-hmm. but... As as like a, a broadcaster, are, are there any other like uh, hosts and people that you, you really draw from? You think or like that get you excited? <laughs> when I was younger, like I said, I came from a Christian background. I was really sick when I was a kid, so I was in the hospital for a year. I had seizures and all this crazy stuff, which I don't really suffer from anymore. But um, turns out you grow out of a lot of that stuff. But I, I constantly had to listen to Rush Limbaugh, mm. who I think is, a, is 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 human garbage. I mean, Rush Limbaugh is is the worst of the worst. I don't even think that guy believes the shit he says. I'm not kidding. I think he's just there's like him and Ann Coulter. Um, but I actually like into Alex Jones. Uh, you know, okay, well, no, well, but early on though, OD Rush Limbaugh head over here. Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't get, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like in junior high, but I listened to a ton of talk radio. Um, just you name it. I mean, do I just, you think that's kind of like what spawned that? Maybe, but I just. Always talk. I just yeah. never stop talking. Mm-hmm. Even now, I'm self aware that it's like you should stop talking. I can't stop talking. Uh, I just have. I'm compelled to do it. You, you, you make for a good, a good guest. <laughs> it's easy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like but, sometimes I don't hit an hour. We're gonna hit an hour. Yeah, nice. There we go. <laughs> but no, for real though. But after that though, no, I was really into Alex Jones for a while until he also turned into some sort of like conservative cuck. Uh, you Wait, know. He was, he was, was he like liberal at one point? I mean, here's the problem. Nowadays, and maybe even before, a lot of conspiracy theories, you know, just they just spiral into conservative bullshit. Oh, so or he, like, he was like mainly on the theories and not like so much on politics. I mean, it would have been politics, but no, for real, he was not. I mean, I'm 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 sure he was obnoxious. I, I can't say for sure, but I know when I first listened to him, I wasn't like. I'll put it this way: if you saw an Infowars sticker or something like that, ten years ago or fifteen, you wouldn't have been like, ugh. Like, I see an Infowars sticker now, and I peel it off, and I throw it in the garbage, because mm. fuck that guy. But, like, back in the day, it was wildly entertaining. It was like, oh, my God, this stuff's nuts, you know? Um, and he's so, he's so entertaining. Mm. Um, I also believe that he's Bill Hicks, for real. I don't know, I don't know who Bill Hicks is. Bill Hicks is a comedian from yeah. the 80s who died oh, of cancer, yeah. supposedly. But he's actually Alex Jones. Look it up, people. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Um, they have the same manager. That, that's how you know it's real. Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I trust YouTube. But I don't know. Alex Jones, I, I, I listened to a little bit. Um, but, you know, the other person, though, people kept telling me for years that they thought the show sounded like uh, the best show with Tom Sharpling, which mm-hmm. used to be on WFMU. And I had no idea. Like, I didn't really listen to the show. It was on forever. It's back now in a podcast form if you go to thebestshow.net. And I realize now, it's like, I get it, because it's full of music minutia. So if you like music, if you like counterculture, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon um, it's a call-in show, and then they have a one fake caller. So John Worcester, who I think is a drummer, he's like a rock drummer, but he's also his comedy writing partner, will do one call a show or like every other show, and it's a fake call. And uh, Tom's kind of a dick, 
and mean spirited to most guys that call in. If you're a girl and you call in, he's super nice to you. But if you're a guy, he's just like, come on, what are you doing? What's the point? Get to the point. You know, they'll hang up on people, which is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it's all about the music minutia. So, you know, I would constantly, you know, like when I started going to, uh, ICP shows back in the day, people would get really pissed mm-hmm. just going to an ICP show. So I remember complaining about that a lot in one of my episodes. Like, why can't I just go to an ICP show? And I mean, do you have to be a vice reporter? I don't know. Those shows are so fun. They're yeah. so fun. I remember being at the first one I went to. I mean, the uh, music how is... How many have you been to? I've been to three. Three. Yeah. The music is awful. The music is, is terrible. It's the, some of the worst. I mean, it, it, the way they rap, you know, is like... It's hardly, it's hardly rap. That's part of what makes it so fun. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, but the people who love it, though, like, they don't think that. No. He's like, I'm walking down the hall. I got a big club. I'm doing this now. It's like, it's, I mean, it's, just, it's the worst. I mean, it, it is not, there's no cadence. There's not even, I, mean, I get it, whatever. But the show is insane. I mean, it's like, I mean, arguably, you could actually like, I wouldn't necessarily look down on you if you like, you know, Guar's music. People love Guar. Guar is Guar, like, groundbreaking. But they're live shows, you know? That's what they're known for, right? Yeah for being kind of like this art school metal band, um, which I've also seen them a handful of times, but like that's amazing. But that's the only reason you go see ICP is like, it's just insane. Kicking all the, you know, people leave. There's like a foot of soda at the base, but I got hit with like a three liter. Oh, they had <laughs> the, three liters. They had three liters of like diet root beer. And then, yeah, they would, they would have steel toed boots on. They would shake it and they had pallets and then they would just turn it upside down and you would kick it and it would just shoot. Yeah, yeah, the, I, I, I caught one. I almost got hit by one, but I'm pretty sure I caught one. Like I think it might've been one of like the 20 ounces, but yeah. Yeah. But I remember being in the back, like way in the back of the Granada and just kind of st- standing there, just like so <laughs> smug. It's like, <laughs> was, was that your first one? Yeah. You're, like, you're just like, like oh, these weirdos. Yeah. You know, the second time you're like, Oh hell yeah. Oh no, no. I'm, I'm all about it. Like I'll go to every, every single ICP show I'll, I'll go to forever. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing. And it's not quite as, as uh, you know, novel. But getting hit in the chest was kind of like, I, I felt like I deserved that in hindsight. Because the guy in front of me just goes, and then it just goes, boom. And I'm just, oh, man, it hurts so bad. But, you know, it's kind of great. I mean, yeah. you know. But uh, I don't know. What were, you just, what were you just talking about, though, before that? Um, I feel like you're, we're talking about broadcasters. You, you I'm, it, yeah. I, mean, I still can't think of anybody else, really. I mean, hmm. I... I but, oh, like, I, I but know, like I know you're a big uh, Bodega Boys fan. Also, I, I love no, I but, do but love they, podcasts. They, they, they kind of came in later in the game mm-hmm. for you. Like, yeah, I mean that that was just like I've been doing podcasting before I even listened to other podcasts yeah. for real. Like there was no there. I don't even. I mean, I was just on the internet. There wasn't like a podcast app on your phone. So once I, you know, I've just always been back really in my that. day. Yeah, right. No. Uh, so I mean. I don't know. I can't even remember like half of the stuff I really liked early on. I know most of it, just like other things, you know, even music, like I don't really like any of the music I listened to in high school, you know, unless it's like the misfits or, Mm. you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's stuff I do like from that time period, but the stuff I really liked, I mean, I was pretty into pop punk and you could not pay me to listen to pop punk at this point. So most of the podcasts I was into at that point, it's like, I don't, you know, like like Mark, Mark Maron, like WTF. Uh, I, I listened to that, religiously for a long time in the beginning. But then at some point you kind of go like, well, I think I kind of get what this guy's saying. So it's like, I, I still think he's a great, mm. he's great at what he does. I like, I think Mark Maron's standups really funny. I like his perspective, but at the same time, I don't really need to. Yeah. Have to you seen that. his new Netflix? Special? Yeah, it's really yeah, funny. Was, it's really funny. Yeah. Was, the, the Rolling Stone story is, is like really, yeah. I think emblematic of his whole character. And I like that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, stuff like that, like when you can find people that, that, uh, you identify with and then you know that's what people tell me all the time it's just generally like oh i am really happy to have this show because it's it feels like 
I get to hang out with people I would never get to hang out with. Like to be a fly on the wall in a room where artists just talk frankly and musicians and people who um, are part of the counterculture. And I think like, and even just having a good voice then is even just a bonus sometimes. Like when you get the right people in the room. Yeah. And it is hard. Like you said, man, you get some guests on there that don't want to talk or they're nervous or, you know, someone convinced me to have someone on or who knows you're like on Xanax and then you are super happy about life and you invite three people that you would never have on your show and you have to have them on. Mm. That happened to me like 10 years ago. But, uh, you know, it, you just got to do it, you know? It's just like, get out there and make the content, and I almost look at it like making the art now. I mean, in the same vein, like, I, I mean, what else would I do on Monday nights, you know? Yeah. Like, if I didn't sit down for an hour or two and, and talk to people and make this podcast, like, when I took a break this last year during my kind of personal hiatus, um, it was weird, because part of me was really happy that I wasn't doing the show, but then part of me was like, man, like this is a really big part of my personality. Like, like I take so much pride and, uh, you know, like just, I enjoy doing it, but at the same time, I don't have like any, it's just like, I don't have any, uh, delusions of grandeur. We get, we get good downloads. I think, you know, pretty, pretty good, but it's even, and we've actually doubled since, since we quit. And we've gotten a ton of press. And, you know, we, we even get that, which is cool. I was super pumped that the pitch, like, had even so many people even bother to vote for us. Like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I didn't vote. Mm. You know what I mean? I didn't even know. And I have no idea if we were listed or if people just wrote us in. I assumed it was because we had your show on there, your bonus show. You know? Maybe. I don't yeah, know. I, I, I think it was all right in for the, the reader voting. I mean, that's so. wild. Dude, I started listening to the Generation Y podcast the murder podcast that's based out of here, that podcast is amazing. It's so good. It's just two guys talking about murders, which Man, is... I don't know. I can't get into crime uh, podcasts. I, I know. Neither can I, but it's just one episode, though. It's just one episode. Yeah. It's just they just break really down well what done. happened. Here's this murder. Here's who died. Here are the suspects. Here's the way the case is. They do. They study it. And they just one episode. It's not like a multiple thing, yeah. you know? Um, you know, it's not like serial. It's just two dudes, and they have good chemistry. They have. They, it sounds great. And it's just one episode, but but you know the fact that we tied with those guys, I'm going like this. That's awesome. That makes me super happy because that, that's an amazing podcast. I don't know, right? I mean, I feel like I'm, I still feel like the whatever, like the DIY, like nerdy kid. It doesn't feel like I'm doing anything that special, you know? Mm. Just doing it. But yeah, um, kind of tracking back to your your visual art a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so. I remember I was listening to your episode that you did with uh, J.B. Miller, Ben Chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, was, that was a really fun episode to listen to because... Punch like, a Nazi. You're, you're, yeah, Punch a Nazis and stuff. Uh, that was that was cool because, like, you know, I don't know, you're, you're both kind of uh, interesting visual artists, but you're both kind of from different sides of this, this like, different generations or, like, different sides of the same generation. So... That, that was a cool conversation to hear, like both of you talking about your own experiences and art and art school and all that. Mm-hmm. So but I remember you talking about like it wasn't until like kind of late in your your schooling yeah. to where you you kind of developed your own really um, oh yeah trademark style you'd say. But yeah, what was the process like when you finally kind of found out uh, your style? I mean, when you go to school, I just tell everyone, just remember, when you're in school, you're probably not making good stuff. It's just about learning, doing, 
You're not a genius. I mean, if you're a genius, you probably already know it and you're probably not in school. You're just working or maybe you are in school, but you're breezing through and you already know it. But most of us, average Joe out here, you got to work. You just got to do it. And it's all about putting hours behind you and underneath you. And, uh, you know, I mean, I remember being like one of my first days in, in like a drawing class at KU and I did some dumb drawing like in a, on charcoal and it was like, you know, like some sea, not like a, I don't know. She was making us draw like some seashells or something, but then I had like written out this like long winded, like words. Like it was just so corny in hindsight. And, uh, to go from that to then just, you know, you, all you gotta do is just keep making work. And then, but I, lots of teachers would be like, Oh man, I, I really see something here, you know? Uh, or it always, I could always tell that, you know, they'd be like, all right, make a painting, like a five by five painting. And then I had like a, I actually had a professor one time, the only time this ever happened to me. And uh, a professor was like in the critique, I'm still pissed. I can't, why, I don't know why she would say this, but like in front of the entire class, I did this huge painting and it was just like a bunch of squares of color that were overlapping and it was oils, but I really thinned them down. And, uh, you know, half of my peers were like, they're not even mixing their paints. You know, they're just going straight blue on the canvas. You know, they're not, they're not trying. It's like, they're not going to do art for the rest of their life. Um, so it just looks like shitty student art, but she was like, Oh my God, this painting is amazing. You know? And she, she asked me in front of my class if I wanted to be famous. She's like, cause you're going to be famous. She's like, this is amazing. And I'm just like, Oh my God, like don't do this to me. Cause you know what I mean? All it does is make your peers hate you. There's like this dickhead, you know, but, uh, you know, it also didn't help me as a freshman cause then it just gives you like an insane ego, which you shouldn't have at a freshman cause nothing else. You're not making good work. Um, you should just work. That's the point. So it took me forever. I had to just keep making work and I was always just kind of scattershot. And again, being super like, I'm such a spaz and like, I can't focus on anything like just so ADHD. And I wasn't on medication at the time, um, which I'm not necessarily a pro- pro- saying you should be on it, but it did help me eventually to focus and get stuff done. Um, and then I just went, I took a break and I went back to school. So I was a little older yeah. and I went, and then I changed majors from painting to printmaking, met Michael Krieger, and then just started doing these really in like really detailed etchings, copper plate etchings. And I realized I could just do like these psychedelic doodles of clouds full of like vampire lips and like, like we'll do these hands that are sort of reminiscent of like the Santa Fe hand, but they would have like teeth and stuff. And, uh, or like, uh, parachuting mustaches and just kind of like very twee imagery. But then I would do one color and then I would hand watercolor them and it kind of had this seventies look and it wasn't on purpose. It was just, I'm just using what's around me for mm-hmm. real. And the paper happened to be Brown, which then muted the color. And they're like, Oh, this looks like a seventies children's book. You know? And it's like, Oh, I guess, you know, I'm nothing I've ever done is on purpose. Like I have no plan. Uh, I'm not like a, what do you call that? Like some people are really like everything they do is intentional, you know, like they just do this and this and this so they can get this. It's like, I've never had a plan in my life. Like I just wake up and do this thing. I would probably be way more successful <laughs> if I did. Um, but luckily because my parents were artists and I grew up making art my entire life, I actually have, it's just in my genetics. You know, I, I have a really good eye for color. I, I'm very good at, you know, composition and balance and whatnot. So then once you learn the rules, then I'm really good at then breaking them and, and kind of making really lo-fi kind of raw, you know, adopting that raw aesthetic. And then, you know, I, I learned a lot about like, like Chris Johansson, like Michael Krieger brought in so many amazing artists like Sean star Wars, Chris Johansson. Uh, I just, I, I mean a bunch of people who were kind of like part of that original, like uh, what was that beautiful losers that was kind of popular for a while. It was kind of like the San Francisco art scene in like the early two thousands. Like Ed Templeton was a huge influence on me who was the owner of 
toy machine skateboards and he would did all their art. So all the art I always loved, like Mark Gonzalez, the skateboarder, his art, like all of it was always like doodle art or, um, like loosely graffiti art, but I don't really, I don't do graffiti. Um, and, uh, I mean, I, I do occasionally I'll dabble in it, but it's still not, it's more like Mike Mills where you just write a, a sentence, you know, um, or like a really simple drawing. Uh, and then w- but once I did these etchings, it was like, Oh, okay, this makes sense. You know? And, um, doing the clouds and, th- and being able to use an etching needle and the drag from the needle with the hard ground. Cause you coat the plate and then you scrape away and then whatever you scrape away, you dip an acid. So whatever is exposed then makes an actual like groove in the plate. Mm. And, uh, it was just, I mean, it just worked. I mean, it just pops. And then from there, then move, you know, you just fast forward. Then my work just got better. You know, I mean, I just, it was way more detailed. It took more time. I think before I just didn't take it seriously. And then once I figured it out, and then even Krieger like pulled me aside one day and was like, you know, this and this and this and this sucks. Like whatever you're doing over here is, it's just, you try to tackle these big subjects and they're not good. And, uh, it's pretentious. But when you do this, when you're just like silly, having fun, not caring, being a little irreverent, you know, then it's really funny and it really works, you know, cause you're just being you. Mm. And, uh, that's when I realized like, Oh, okay. All right. Like that's what I should do then basically like, I'll just do this. And granted, I don't know. Then that, then that basically then fast forward to like what I'm doing now, where I'm doing like these big kind of like overlapping color balls in like a very primary color aesthetic and then doing uh, faces and kind of like blobs of line work over the top of it. It kind of just mixes of like pop culture and whatever you want to call it. But now, I mean, that's essentially what I'll probably be working with in that style for quite a while. Cause it, I mean, I just did one yesterday. that was like John Hughes themed, but now I'm starting to cut them out too. So I, and they, they all started as circles. Mm. So now they're like not, they're not, I'll do them on bigger paper. So it kind of gets bigger and like amorphous and then I'll go and cut out around it. So it kind of looks like a giant sticker or maybe a cloud. I don't know. It's still kind of in that same, you know, zone, but I'm super happy with what I'm making now. And, uh, it just feels good to be able to just say, all right, at least I know what I do. You know, like when I sit down, I have an idea of what I'm going to do. And, I don't know. I'm doing a new, a new series too of like t-shirts where I just do like lettering on t-shirts. I'll just hand draw it, you know, with ink and then they're really, really raw looking. So, hmm. but it's generally, it's meant to be funny or irreverent or crude. So I don't know. It's good. It feels good to be able to make and work that I like. And again, I'm just making stuff that I want to see. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we just did Grossoid, which is up at Seedco right now and, um, brought in artists from all over the country. Um, Again, Jay Howell, Travis Miller, Grady Gordon, which goes by the name Joaquin Dead on Instagram. His stuff is amazing, like monotypes where they just put down ink on a on a plastic thing and he's like does by subtracting, you know, and it's all skulls and just stuff that has like the craziest. I mean, it's just like the eyes and these skulls look like could could make you cry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The amount of emotion he gets from some of this stuff is amazing. But just just Ali Painter from LA, um, just tons of people, and I, I sold we sold tons of work. So it's just like do a lowbrow art show in Lawrence, Kansas, and then tell people adults only, and then tons of people show up and buy art, and it was cool. It was like, I'm, and even then, the only reason I started doing all this is because like I no one will ever cover me. Even now, I feel like like I'm I'm forever the person who like has a chip on my shoulder because I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why don't you do you guys do you not like me? You know, like it's just like this thing where uh, I just don't get it, you know. And like that's why I had to blog. That's why I had to do the podcast because I just never felt like I could get coverage. Do you, do you think that's due to like some of like the personal conflicts you've had? I mean, maybe, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, 
I mean, rarely are the people writing about me anyone they could give a shit about like what I said about somebody else's band or art or or like whether I you know when I was younger that I was a messy 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 boy. Uh you know, it, I don't I don't think that's it. I think it's just like people don't give a shit about the underground. And most writers just write about shitty, stupid like like the the, the amount of time they spend like focusing on like lame bands. I would kill myself before writing a review about some contemporary pop punk band that started two months ago. I would literally jump off a bridge before I would do that. Uh, so in the end, when someone like that is, when I look at the amount of time that these guys spend on just bullshit, then that doesn't hurt my feelings, but it's still hard to not be like, cause it, okay. At this point I do have to admit that I get love, but it took forever, <laughs> you know? Mm. And, uh, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. It's very frustrating. But that's it, though. I mean, you can't you can't do something that's counterculture or that goes against the mainstream and then bitch and moan that you're not getting attention. So you want to get attention? Go start a you know, I don't know. Be in the architects. <laughs> Man, send in shots. One hour, five minutes in. <laughs> there, it, it only took that long. Uh, well, I guess I guess you kind of mentioned the gadgets at the beginning. No, but, but the, the, here's the deal: the <laughs> architects actually played a house party at my house. Yeah, uh, like in college. Like I like the you know. I'm, I tease. I kid. He kids. You, you kid a lot. That, and that's what makes your Twitter so good. Yeah, right. But you've kind of slowed down on your Twitter, though, recently. I have. I mean, I had a lot of, like, I feel like there was a point where the show got more popular, and somehow, I don't know what it is. I'm serious. Like, I went from having, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I, my, my follower stuff, like, jumped, like, thousands mm. over a year. And uh, some good press. The show got better, I guess. I don't know. And then, but then, I mean, but with the good comes the bad. I mean, I had, like... I, I don't want to really talk, want to talk about it, but I'll just say that like I had some really fucked up like troll situations that were really, really gross. Yeah. And um, just people bullying me in a way that's like so fucked up and gross, like like to the point where it, it's like unfathomable, the, the type of stuff that they like put on the Internet and then like tried to. I mean, literally. So like involving pedophilia, I mean, like, like the type of thing that shit that people do like on Reddit and stuff, you know, where it's yeah. like 4chan, like 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 Pepe the Frog type people who don't like me because I'm I don't know, whatever, not conservative. I'm not going to say liberal, but like not conservative yeah. and say what I say. And people who just want to knock me down a peg or two. It's like I'm fu- I haven't paid rent yet. OK, it's like we're a week into this month. I am not wealthy. Uh, my truck was just smashed by a giant tree. I had to like leverage all the paintings that were not sold at the last show through a GoFundMe just to get a new truck. Yeah, have, having it's kind of like that is kind of a strange predicament. Like having like any amount of like celebrity and yeah. like in like Middle America in yeah. the Bible Belt, you know, like that's kind of like you know that can be rough because you get those like news like the social media like. TV news commenters yeah. coming at you like when whenever you become any sort any type of like notable and then that's just some well, evil stuff. People want to people want to like everybody wants to knock you down a peg or two, especially when you're like the type of person like I am, where I, I you know my brand is essentially. I mean, especially with Twitter in the beginning. I mean, I was like hypercritical. You could say whatever the hell you wanted in the beginning, um, and I would I would just go in on people all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just thought I'm I'm speaking truth to power. For lack of a better term. A new new extension of your your blogging days. Yeah, I mean that's what I thought. I was like, why would I blog when I can just do Twitter? Like I and 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 everywhere I went, I would have something to say. I mean, constantly doing the same thing, you know, taking pictures of people, you know, making fun of whoever, making fun of whatever bands were playing. But most of the time it's it's tongue in cheek, you know. I don't 
if I really hate someone, I'm not talking about them. Like I will ignore them, you know? Um, and the days of like, and even that, like I, like I did chill out, you know, cause it's like, I'll still go in on things I truly hate. Um, but mostly on the show, you know what I mean? Cause again, for some reason, uh, no one's ever once written me a letter to complain about anything on the show, which is surprising. I was so paranoid when we were first do the show, I would go back and re-edit like twice, which is so dumb. Mm. But then I had one guest on who I'm not going to say his name cause he's a friend of mine, but people really, he like really pisses people off. And, uh, I got this email from someone. This was the first person to complain. And they're like, you know, we think you're allowing someone on your show who's like alt-right or whatever. And then, and it hates women. And <clears throat> this guy had been roasted and Jezebel and some other stuff. And, uh, for a weird interview he did for a book that he wrote. And, uh, it, I, I think I freaked out cause I just didn't know how to handle the stress and I pulled the show, not pulled the show, but just off my Facebook feed. Cause I just didn't want people fighting and I didn't like the slander. And then the guy wrote me back and was like, man, that's really funny. I just wanted to see, you know, I can't believe you pulled it so fast. Like I just wanted to see, you know, basically I keep just to mess with me and see how, so then I realized that there's this new thing that once the show has a certain level of like notoriety that people basically like, they want to see what they can get away with. Like I'm now a, a guy that they're just like, I want to fuck with this guy. It's like, I'm, I'm entertaining to them to see how I react, mm. <laughs> which sucks. But at the same time, then, I mean, for real, that's when I hired Porter and I, I had someone running my social media, which was also sort of a gag. I mean, it was a gag and yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll was, admit it now. Was, it was fully, was fun it was fully, it was, I mean, at this point I'll admit in high, you know, a year ago, but at that time, that's when all that crazy shit was happening though. When like I was going through divorce and, or I knew that was about to happen. And then this crazy troll person or more people, I don't know how many there were, but people were just for some reason, it all just hit this like crazy thing. And I was like pretty low, you know, I mean, I was not in a good spot. So to have other people just pretending to be me, making fake stuff up on the internet and then just vile, disgusting, nasty shit. And then, um, you know, that's when I hired Porter. But yeah, so whatever. I don't know. So now I'm not sure, but that's why I kind of like backed off completely because it just wasn't fun anymore. You know, it was like, now I understand when I hear people on other shows, like people much more famous than me, uh, who actually have money and a career, unlike me, uh, they, you know, they're like, yeah, fuck social media. Like, fuck people. Because they're, and I'm like, damn. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but for real. Like, it's just like, you you are, when you tell someone you're somewhere or you like, t- whatever. Like, all the, the, those days are, are gone. I'm not, I'm not telling anybody I'm anywhere, you know? And even when I'm online, it's just like, it, I, I don't know. I just want to make art and I want to like make a podcast and I want to put people on that I like and if I really feel compelled to talk shit like I used to, still do a little bit, but you know, just like you know, just, uh, take it, take it in stride. Don't, do, you, do you ever think you're gonna write a book? <laughs> I feel like you, you man, you've, you've, you're, you're racking up a lot of, a lot of good material. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, most people tell me all the time, they're like, "Why are you giving this away for free? Like, just write a book." Yeah, you know, I mean, that's also why I stopped blogging. But I mean, I don't know. I've got a bunch of projects right now that I'm recording and working on, and yeah, what do you got? Shopping you got around. Coming? Um, we have another show that I'm working on, which I can't talk about cause I've actually got it, but let's just say there's some other stuff that's going to be a lot crazier. I feel like at this age, I'm trying to explore a lot of, uh, like underground scenes in the Midwest and things that people don't have access to. And we kind of want to try to, to go in more like an investigative journalist. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just working as hard as I can right now because mm-hmm. like post 
my new life, you know, living by myself in this mm. big house in North Lawrence with my dog and my truck and my motorcycle and my toxic masculinity. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to get, man, one day at a time. But I'm working, you know what I mean, making tons of art, writing and uh, recording. I mean, we have, the, we have an entire rig. I have, like, a painting studio in my basement now. And, uh, you know, so, I, I mean... For all intents and purposes, I've set my life up a certain way, and it's still working, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, you've got the, the podcast coming out, like, pretty much every week on yeah. iTunes and everything. You're, you're taking, like, commissions for paintings and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're you're just chilling hard in, <laughs> in North Lawrence, I guess. Right? Yeah, I mean, and also, like, there's also the, uh, we have the Patreon thing. I'm trying to make yeah. that work. Honestly, as much as it sucked, I mean, I made a lot more money when we, I mean, at one point in time, we had, like, 14 sponsors. But it required that I had to walk all over town and, like, collect checks and send invoices and all that. And stuff's a drag, you mm-hmm. know? And we're doing Patreon, so if you go to patreon.com backslash the ADD podcast or ADD podcast, and we have other things like that. Like I'm doing a mixtape, so I'm doing DJ stuff because I'll go out and play 45s. I'm an avid, you know, rabid, not avid, rabid record collector. Mm-hmm. And and you do you do Port Fonda pretty often? And- I do Port Fonda a lot in Lawrence. I haven't done it in a while. Um, things kind of die down there during the winter. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, we'll put out mixtapes. We'll put out bonus content. I'm doing a show with my daughters. I have like a seven year old and a ten year old. So we're doing like a kids show that's gonna be Patreon only trying to figure that out i don't know it's it's hard i feel like even with as many downloads as we get we have like five patreon people that want to give you three dollars a month or some of them give a lot actually i've got one guy that sends me like 50 bucks but you know it's a weird thing it's hard to navigate people want stuff for free and you got to figure out how to get that money then from you know bigger sponsors advertising from bigger you know but you got to get your show to that point where um and we're right there we're right at the but we're like at the entry level you know got to have that baseline just to get the for the national uh you know podcast so if you're getting hundreds of thousands of downloads and it's easy right you just go talk to i don't know what are the big pot you know like some food delivery service uh, me undies yeah me undies <laughs> right 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 we're not quite at the me undies level but we're at least at the level that i know i can i can charge someone a fair price and know that they're getting reach thousands of people um and again like also just the for on the kind of a final note here i feel like for real, like getting older and like kind of putting the kibosh on some of the uh, negativity or like reining it in mm. and then not being as loose. Cause you know, I used, to, I used to drink a lot. I just partied so much. And then once I chilled on that and didn't, and stopped drinking for years, then that really helped me to kind of like refocus. And like, that's when my art got better. That's when my show got better. That's when I, I mean, I became a better person. Um, and I'll say that I'm not a hundred percent sober these days, but I mean, it's, it's nothing, you know I mean? I have no desire to ever go back to that because I was so washed out it was just like it was a I mean you know you make your own reality and if you don't take care of yourself then you you know it's it's just like you can only live like a hedonistic rock and roll lifestyle for so long and then it really catches up to you yeah. and you know so and, and even that like it affects you know people around you it affects your your working relationships I mean everything so seeing that now and then, and then sort of quelling the negativity and being able to rein it in it's just like you know just, you, just like anything else you know hmm. you don't want to use only a black marker you know what I mean you've got the rainbow to work with. And that's, it's a, it's an inspirational quote to go out on. There we go. Okay. But yeah, um, if, uh, you want to support the Shellcock podcast, you can visit shellcockmusic.com and there's a web store on there and you can check it out. All, all the articles and everything you can follow at shuttlecock mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and iTunes and share your favorite episodes. And yeah, where can people find you online, Jason? You can check out uh, the last painting series. It's not completely updated, but I've got probably 100 paintings on my website. 
which is either Jason, no, B-A-Triple-R-Loves-You.com and uh, what, at bar, B-A-Triple-R on Twitter. We also have, I have a, a Facebook page, B-A-Triple-R. Hmm. And if you're interested in getting, like, if you're, if you're not like an iTunes person, you can go to O-M-G-L-O-L-J-K on Facebook. And then also just the ADD podcast with Jason Barr, two R's, on iTunes. And it's on Acast, it's on Stitcher. It's pretty easy to find. Mm. But the Facebook page, though, has the direct links. So, like, if you don't want to do iTunes. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I would love it if people listened. And um, that's about it. I mean, follow me on Twitter. I, I, do, I still do tweet. Yeah, you know, sometimes. A couple times a day. Yeah. You, you got some good selfies today before <laughs> yeah, I did, right, in the, in the bathroom, yeah. Everybody can go retweet Jason's uh, bathroom selfies. Right, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.